0: This is, uh, this
1: is Joe Cole. This is Ruben off the cheek and you're listening to the London, London is Blue Podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to a live edition of the London is Blue Podcast, Champions Edition. Uh, we are sat around a pub in the outside.
0: Three times in a row.
1: Three times in a row. Champions, Champions, of, England. England. Champions of England. Three times in a row. So that's the dulcet tones of one Dan Dormer uh, around the table. Jesse?
2: How are we doing? Live. Honestly, living in the dream. What a day. What a day. What a season. What a life.
1: Also featuring here today, producer Jake, um, who is monitoring the audio levels uh, like a hawk uh, in his nest. Uh, and one Clayton Bierman. Friend. Friend. One Clayton Bierman.
3: Afternoon, guys. Afternoon. On. One Clayton Bierman.
1: <laughs> well, look, we, we just got done watching Chelsea become champions again third time in a row um and we just want to do a little bit of a live recording for everyone we know that the audio quality for this may not be up to your typical standards and that is okay because around the table just to paint this picture for you uh everyone's wearing blue um, except for clayton who's wearing a wonderful shirt uh love chelsea hate racism which i wore yesterday to the game um so man after my own heart uh, and we have a bunch of beers. And so we're just going to dissect the experience today. This is going to be less of a formal chop and change uh, stats laden show because uh, Emma Hayes did all that in the, in the post game celebrations. We're just going to go around and uh, and talk about our feels, you know, have a feelings circle here and celebrate uh, what an extraordinary team this Chelsea women's team is. They, uh, again, if, if we didn't say this before, have won the, WSL for the third time in a row. Um, It's absolutely a fantastic feat, especially after losing the first game of the season to Arsenal. And I remember us going around and looking at each other, that first episode going, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh, here we go again. So, Jesse, I'm going to pass the mic to you, our little tiny mic here. And I just want to get your thoughts, your feelings, everything that you've been going through as a supporter at Kingsmano today.
2: Yeah, um, it's been a wild day. It's been a lot of ups and downs and... I guess it started with the downs but I think reflecting on it uh now wouldn't have it any other way definitely made the day better um but I think being 2-1 down at half time, I was not feeling good but uh you know the the guys just came out after the second half like a totally different team and we smashed them basically is the way we kind of like to play United and smash them and what I thought would happen, it just didn't happen in the way <laughs> the way that it did. And you know, like it's such a beautiful day as well, like in the sun, King's Meadow. And I think I was at Kings Meadow last year when we won and there was no one there. And obviously it was amazing, but for this to be our third consecutive title, but the first one anyone was allowed to see it is the kind of the strangest thing in the world. But I think it would have been so gussing today to have not kind of had I felt like today rounded off all three of those trophies in one go, which
1: I mean, I wanted to get your sense of that. Right. Because the the supporters being there, it was a packed house. Right. I mean, we had four and a half thousand people there at capacity. I know this, this part of the stand that we were standing in was was crunched, <laughs> crunched together. Lots of families, lots of people there just celebrating what you know an amazing team this is. You talk about the atmosphere today and, and the role that that might have played as Chelsea looked to kind of secure the title, right? I mean, that was the, the only reason that we were there today to see that team lift the trophy and, and they did it in style.
2: Yeah, I think that's why I always felt good about today because I just knew Kings Meadow was going to be so packed and having the East Stand Open, which is where you guys were, it, that's been like basically closed all season and that used to be my favorite place to watch. Chelsea before like Covid because it's always such a good atmosphere. Obviously they redid King's Meadow during that time. They've got the stuff of sky, blah, 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 blah. But um yeah, it looked rocking over there. I was in the West End, um, which is normally the noisy one, so it was good fun. But yeah, it just felt like it was fun as well to be playing United because they do have a really, like, legit away support and they had their own, like, little corner as well. And I think that really, like, contributed to the day. You know, there's certain teams who, in the WSL, he'd play and you wouldn't really... It would have just been Chelsea, but I think it added, like, to have to have everyone there. Um, but, yeah, it's was just... I, The reason why I thought it was amazing, because I don't think I've ever been at King's Meadow and really felt like I noticed this before, but, like, different pockets of people were singing different songs, and I feel like that's, like, a real mark of, like, being at, like, a really, like, rocking game. Whereas I think sometimes, you know, at King's Meadow, you do just get, like, the supporters group, like, really leading the way, but today it just felt like everyone in the ground was behind the team. And you saw the players talking about it after the game, right? Like how much it, it means to them. And they put together a really cute video for everyone to watch, which was like absolutely like the most adorable thing in the world. Um, but yeah, I mean, what did you guys make of it, right?
0: Well, there was the one individual in front of us for the entirety of the match <laughs> who gave the official the biggest ear lashing for 90 plus minutes of time. That was quite wonderful. But yeah, for those who want who to wear us, King Meadow is basically just popped in the middle of uh, some houses, a little bit of a construction zone. We walked by a car wash on our way up to it. And so it's very, it's a very residential nice area. You there. you yes. turn right, you go through a gate and then bam, there's a stadium there and it is tight. It's a classic footballing ground. And there's not really a ton of seats. There's not really a ton of space. And so when you think about how close you are to one another, you're basically two on two on top of each other, packed into an area. But look, it was wonderful. The atmosphere was great. And it was super sunny, which uh, many people were commenting on. Many people were saying, sunniest day in London, only because Chelsea were winning for the third time in a row. London is blue, sky is blue. London is blue, sky is blue. We got all that. And I know, Jake, it was uh, also your first...
4: Match, watching the women's team live too. It, uh, it was indeed, and I had a blast. Uh, I'm a big fan of some intimate stadium stuff, so I completely loved the vibes today. Very wholesome, lots of very cute families, kids having a blast, getting to talk to their favorite players. It was adorable, and um, to get to see some incredible goals, I think was maybe the most mind blowing part of the day. Sam Kerr really put on a display for me in my first game and uh, tried to make me lose my voice as much as possible. Um, and I know me and Nick were sitting there baffled for about 10 minutes celebrating after each of the Sam Kerr beauties today. So I'll let Nick's talk about these a little bit. Cause wow.
1: Yeah. We'll, we'll get into the, into the individual performances in a bit, but I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm remembering back kind of the post game. Right. And, uh, Emma Hayes, after doing her media lap, which she did very well, her and Kaz Carney absolutely had a wonderful embrace uh, as she entered into the Sky Sports uh, area over there. Um, She came over and just let everyone kind of know what was on her mind, and she talked about how brilliant the team were, how great they were as people. And I think as you watch the team, Jesse, kind of go around and do a big lap, the thing that I, I love about, Watching matches at Kings Meadow is—it feels so close. It actually does feel like family. It doesn't feel like you're sat in the gods or whatever, and you can't see anything. Right? They—they they do feel like a part of this community in a way that I, you know, I have an experience with men's football to this point. So, can you maybe talk a little bit about that atmosphere and and what you experienced today?
2: Yeah, I think actually, um, Beth England really summed it up in that video when she said like, we love you and you love us up the trails. But it definitely is. I I said to my friend who I was at the game with like, you know, there's been a lot of chat about having women's games in the bigger stadiums, you know, obviously it's seen in the Champions League, but I would not have taken today at Stamford Bridge ever like. King's Meadow is the home of this team. And, you know, the rituals of the match day and stuff involves going to King's Meadow. Like, these one-off games, like, they can be amazing. And it's, like, worked really well for certain teams. But, you know, we did it once a couple of years ago. Um... And it, it just wasn't the same. Like Kings Meadow is such an amazing home. And yeah, the fact that you are so close that you can hear, hear what the players are saying or what they're trying to say, you know, I was trying to listen to what Aaron Cuffbert was barking on about that first <laughs> half and I had no clue. So I don't know whether any of our teammates did either, but yeah, that's part of it, right? That, that feeling that the, the players are there and, and you can kind of see it and, and they're always going around like, you know, Sam Kerr was like almost immediately like signing stuff after the game and it's wild, right? And it's it's so amazing to see those players have have that connection with the fans.
1: Yes, Sam uh, was uh, <laughs> was on it for the celebrations, per usual. I think we all have come to expect that. Uh, she actually came and uh, and got a supporters' flag uh, from where we were sat, and she went around and interrupt the Sky interview uh, with Millie, which was fantastic. And then she used the flag to uh, basically spank her teammates to <laughs> to go like a horse, like a horse jockey. Um, Clayton, you live around here. This is kind of a home game for you in a lot of ways. Can you maybe talk about this part of town and the atmosphere and, and why you like coming to these games?
3: Yeah, it's it's um, it's a nice part of the world to live in. That's, that's the first thing to say. Uh, the second thing is, yeah, it's down the road from me, so it's like a fifteen-minute walk, and and in some respects, it's more. It's like old-style football, and I don't mean that in a derogatory term. I mean as a spectator because you actually feel part of something, you're actually, you've, you're on the pitch, basically, wherever you sit, and I'm standing today, and I was actually trying to wreck my brains the last time I stood on a football terrace, and I really couldn't remember, it was a fabulous atmosphere, it was really good, it was a cracking game of football, and you actually, you feel it, whereas sometimes you know where i sit in the matthew Harding upper you're a bit detached from it yes there's great atmosphere sometimes and uh, whatever but you actually feel part of the whole spectacle to be honest i mean it, it was it helped that it was a cracking game it helped that we won you know whether we'd be having this laid back yeah wasn't it great conversation <laughs> had we lost it is a big thing but but the one memory i will take away from this is we were 4-2 up. There was a corner. There was about five minutes to go. And Sam Kerr was just on our haunches. And she was looking round, And she was just smiling. And I can't imagine a single male footballer ever doing that unless they'd actually taken a really heavy blow to the head.
1: <laughs> OK, well, fair enough. <laughs> Hard to follow that. Um Look, I think, I think we should talk about some of the individual performances today, right? Um, this this was a match where, of course, Chelsea had to win to secure the title. Uh, they did that 4-2. Uh, but the start of the game, Jesse, uh, did not come off as we had potentially uh, hoped for. Uh, the team got uh, kind of a slow start out of the breaks. They, they did not seem like they had a really good... Game plan as far as moving the ball uh, up the field, there was a lot of long balls, a lot of hoofing it, a lot of being on the back foot, frankly. And it's just it was a little odd to see that um, because this team typically, I'd say in in big games, gets off to a quick start. You know, you think about the FA Cup final from last year where Sam Kerr absolutely destroyed Arsenal uh, in a way that was fun to watch for everybody. Um, But I I fully expected this team to kind of come out of the breaks firing and it took a little while for him to get going.
2: Yeah, I think you could kind of twig from the opening couple of minutes that there were players on this team who were feeling nervous. I think there were some players who were kind of living up to the pressure. You know, I thought Aaron Cuthbert looked great, Go Wright looked great, um, Neil Harder looked great. But then there were others where it just felt a bit nervy. And I think also, like, to give credit to United, you know, they've had a tough end to the season. They basically fucked their Champions League spot by drawing with Villa they kind of came here where they wanted something to play for and there was nothing to play for anymore. And I think that actually kind of helped them because they felt like they had nothing to lose. And I thought they started well and they rattled us, you know, and I thought Magda looked rattled. I thought Millie looked rattled. I thought Sophie looked rattled and, you know, United's goals all come from like individual errors from, you know, us not playing simple passes and then having to make fouls and conceding free kicks, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And, I think what was surprising to me is, obviously, we kind of conceded early on um, and we kind of perked up after that. And I was like, okay, fine, we're getting into it, Erin gets us back in the game, fantastic strike. Um, classic Erin Cuthbert being like, I said on Twitter, but you know, like, if no one else is going to do this, I'm just going to do this myself. And I feel like that was her attitude for the entire first half. She was like, I'm going to run this entire bitch. I'm going to I'm going to do the defending, I'm going to score the goals. But then after that, it was like we just went straight back into that same mentality again, and I don't really understand whether it was just nerves, whether it was the formation. You know, we obviously started in this four-four-two, which I was kind of surprised by personally. I don't know what you guys thought, but yeah, it was to be at halftime two-one down. It wasn't. It wasn't a great feeling.
1: Dan, let's let's talk about Aaron Cuthbert really quick because. Um, I know that Girl Wright and run won the Supporters Player of the Year, um, and there can be nothing said badly about that. It was, it was a very good uh, season for her. I would have had Erin Cuthbert. Uh, she's played in almost every position asked of her and done well in each of those positions, whether it be as a wing back, as a winger, or now as a central midfielder and irreplaceable in that role. Uh, she scores big goals. She carries the team with her mentality I just talk about Erin Cuthbert. There's probably
0: too many words that we could use and too much time required to write, you know do a soliloquy about Erin Cuthbert, but just the industrious nature of her play today, particularly in the first half when you saw her like running from one side of the pitch to the other with the ball to try to disrupt <laughs> what was going on. Then, you know, with the second half, you, she comes in, she gets a little more freedom, she can, you know, make uh, not have to run the entire show by herself she had a little bit of support a uh, supporting player to work against which is very nice to see but in general incredible strike i think to the point you called out very fairly could have been player of the season and you know at least if not their player of the season probably made it in the top two top three in terms of just you know, the end the short list there and yeah i mean i i don't know what, what else you say about about Aaron Cuthbert I don't know I don't know she's great she's amazing she's incredible
2: yeah I think this season she's really gone to another level for us I think finding that central midfield role for her feels like it's kind of the perfect fit and I'm a bit like why did we wait all of these years to realize we should be playing Aaron Cuthbert in central midfield um I still think there's you know always been a question over who does she go best with and it feels like on on different days you need different players of different stripes um but yeah today she was just everywhere she was the one it felt like and this is no shade on magda i don't mean it like this but it felt like she was the captain on the pitch she was the one g everyone up after we conceded she was the one yelling at people when you know like millie was just hoofing the ball out when she had the time to you know take the touch and allow us to get the game under control and i think that's both her like positional change this season but i think also her leadership ability is something that feels like is really gone to a new level within this team and and given she's still so young that's like kind of wild to see but that to me it just felt yeah she felt like captain in waiting almost because i just thought like for us she really ran the show for for the entire 90 minutes today
1: yeah i mean you, you said in your tweet that you know some players just thrive in moments like that right and it's not every player has to to be a good player, right? I mean, some players are, are just more settled when things are a little easier, and that's okay. Um, but you look for leaders when things are going badly. And to look out there and to see Aaron at, what, 23? Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, Captain and Waiting's probably not too far off, right? I mean, it's the, it's the next generation. I would imagine because Emma looked at her right after the final whistle and went, you come here like that. I think the respect that Emma has for her, Dan probably says it all. Yeah. You're the first one to call that out too. It's like, Oh, you see exactly
0: who Emma went to first. Boom. Right here in Cuthbert. And just, it's that special relationship between a manager and a player where they give the manager, it's a Swiss army knife, exactly what's needed in every situation. Emma Hayes can look to someone, like Aaron Cuthbert, and say, this is what I need right now. And actually, it doesn't even just say it. It's almost like they've got the neural link going right now between them, and if Emma needs something... Aaron knows to deliver it or if Aaron's like, Hey, like knows that there's something going on. Emma's going to figure out how I can support that, how I can lock it, how I can get them the support they need on the pitch to be able to really write the ship and write the situation.
1: Yeah. And last note on, on Aaron Cuthbert uh, who we have talked to and just came away extremely impressed by uh, when we were able to interview her uh, when she scored her goal to make it one, one, there was no long prolonged celebration there was no nothing the ball was back at the midway line because they were like that was her mentality let's go like we have a trophy to win here today like I'm not celebrating there's no let's go and that to me is always like a sign of leadership and just having your the right mentality in a game like you haven't won anything yet Just because we scored doesn't mean anything so Like, that's uh, just super important.
4: Uh, It's editor Jake from The Editing Bay. We are taking an ad break. Thank you to our sponsors so, 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 so much.
5: All right. Our next partner has a product that I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because, well, it's hard to get a lot of micronutrients in. You know, we're all focused on our macros with protein, carbs, and... And fat, and now we got to add the micronutrients from fruits and vegetables. It's just hard to eat that many servings a day. So uh, I started doing it just to make my life a lot more efficient. I'm getting better gut health and a more a durable, resistant immune system. So what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food, sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus, and aging, all of the things. Again, I do it. It's easy. It's fast. It's quick. I uh, throw up my shaker usually on my way home from work, drink it. It, it goes down quickly. Uh, and like I said, you get six servings of vegetables a day very easily. Uh, but hey, don't listen to me. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. It's recommended by professional athletes and it's trusted by leading health experts such as Tim Ferriss and Michael Gervais. So right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills, supplements to look out for your gut health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to say, give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash London is blue. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash London is blue to take ownership over your health and pick
1: up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. We do have to talk about Sam Kerr and, and an absurd day out. I mean, absolutely absurd day. Jesse, she scores to level the game right after halftime. The team came out flying, to be fair. It was a really impressive performance. And then uh, bests her own goal in this game with a with a second goal that was uh, Drogba-esque. Uh, illuminate the the fine folks listening about Sam Kerr.
2: Yeah, it's funny when you're talking about, uh, you know, players kind of thriving off pressure. I was kind of thinking about Sam because in some ways she doesn't feel like she's one of those who will necessarily like just go for it over a full night in the way Aaron will. But if you need her to pop up in some moments, my God, does she make moments. And today she made serious, serious moments. I mean... I didn't think I'd ever see her score a better goal than the one she did in the FA Cup final, but she did it twice today. (laughs) They were, like, both totally unreal strikes. If you've not gone and watched them, I'm not even going to try and describe them because you can't do justice to them with words. I don't think... I think you've just got to watch and, like, just respect, like, a truly, truly elite goal scorer. And, you know, lots of the time... We kind of understandably talk about Sam Kerr's ability kind of in the six, six yard box, whether she's heading the ball, like her movement, blah, blah, like running off the end of the last defender. But these were just a player who can adjust time and hit the ball better than anyone in the world. Like <laughs> I think after today, like better than anyone in the world.
4: Yeah, I don't think there's much more you can say about how beautiful those were. Uh, I think me and Nick definitely blew a few gaskets, maybe, like, lost a few brain cells. I don't know. There was was a lot of energy coming out of us. Something had to have been lost. But, I mean, it was like a work of art, genuinely. Uh, Especially the second goal from Sam was, I mean, you can't, like, paint a prettier picture. It's the James-esque, the Drogba-esque touch into a beautiful finish on the volley. I mean, Nick... Nick and I both were, like, mind-blown for, like, 10 minutes just thinking about how your hips even move like that. Like, how do you even... It was robotic. It was beautiful. Um, but, yeah, it's completely mind-blowing. Beautiful.
3: I'll echo all of that. It was stunning. The, uh, where I was standing, uh, when, when she went to hit the ball for, this, for the equalizer, I just thought, "Nah, you can't. And she did. And it was just... I mean, she can have her moments... But this was special. This was really, really special. And what I like about her is she lives the moment. She really does. And you can tell that she's enjoying it. You can tell that she's loving it. And she was on fire. She was really, really good. Um, It's it's hard to put into words that that the quality of both goals, the second goal was, I think, was was a surprise more than anything else because you didn't actually realize what she was doing. When the ball got to her, you just thought, where's this going? And then the next second, it was in the net. It was it was genius, and and you, you have to have a sensational brain, footballing brain, to be able to one spot that and two have the ability to do that.
2: I just wanted to say on on Sam, I think something that that really registered with me just then is I you get players like Sam Kerr who are very high quality players, you know, globally well known, who come into the WSL and get you know kind of do one season and then move on and I I think I always worried that Sam was going to be that kind of player for us she was going to do one one and a half two seasons and and that was going to be all we got but I just think exactly like Clayton said you can see how much she's bought into this club and into this team and everything she's done this season has been so amazing and I think you know obviously when she signed the new contract we all all knew that that's what would happen but you know definitely at the start of the season if you'd asked me, I wouldn't have been surprised if, if this had been it her last season with us. And I think, you know, today just felt like an amazing cherry on top on a year where it felt like she's really cemented herself as being proper Chels, basically.
1: Yeah, And I mean, you have to put this in context, too. I mean, there are some goal scorers who are just flat track bullies, right? They'll score against teams they should score against and then maybe come up empty in big games where, where, where we need that player or whatever. I think with a performance like today, with a performance like she's had in a couple of cup finals now, that like the reputation already precedes her coming here, right? But when you think about all-time Chelsea goal scorers, right? This is a club. This is one club and with various different apparatus between it, right? You have to now think about her as one of our best goal scorers ever. Uh, and, And because of the importance of the goals. Like she scored two goals in a game that we had to have two goals today. And it, it just strikes me as, as some people just have this mentality that, like, no matter the pressure, no matter how big the moment is, I'm just going to go do what I do. And that's OK. And on her day, no one can touch her. And, and that's the, the really important part of this. I think a, a final player note, and this brings me great joy because it was our last game at King's Meadow, is G. G came on at the beginning of the second half and absolutely ran the game. from from the moment she stepped on the field chelsea looked like a whole different outfit uh she played an immaculate through ball to sam or actually to Pranilla, who cut the ball back for girl for the third goal which eventually wins chelsea the title obviously but she was everywhere i mean the energy that she played with was great interceptions great balls into feet had a rip herself at goal that didn't quite go to form but that's okay Uh, But she completely changed the game and partnered Aaron in a way that that Sophie didn't, frankly, in in the first half. So, uh, Dan, thoughts on G? Exceptional
0: and soon to be very, very missed for what she brings to the side. It's just was talking about it on the walkover. It's like a tears type of moment when you realize I I hate that you're leaving. But boy, oh boy, it was so good to get to watch you for the time that we had. And. Yeah, she just offered so much additionally when she came onto the pitch in terms of her ball retention. Because that was the other thing, too. In the midfield, we were just weren't holding the ball for any same period and kind of getting passed around, getting passed through. And the stability and the calm that she brought and the quickness of motion, the quickness of play, the additional one-two passes that were occurring that made us so more fluid was fantastic. Look, the girl gang. The girl gang rose up after that goal. It was phenomenal. But I, I just... She is going to be missed, and I think there is going to be a lot of work for Emma and the recruitment. And uh, Todd Bowley's uh, Showtime Blues here <laughs> at Kings Meadow are going to need some very, very uh, serious investment to replace her because uh, nigh imp- irreplaceable. Uh, but th- that is now th- the thing that is going to have to happen.
2: Yeah, I think we talked about it after we heard that that she was going to be leaving at the end of her contract. But I don't, I don't think there is. player out there who you find who who replaces G because just the way that she plays is so totally unique and I'm so happy she got this moment today to to run the show because let's be honest like as much as I think she's amazing there are some games where that doesn't work you know and that's why I'm like this was the perfect like send-off we are going to miss her so much and I do think you know we will miss that creativity in games like this where you need to be able to to pick those passes out. Um, and yeah, the Guru goal, I feel like, is going to get really overlooked because of Sam's goals. But it was it was so... Like, the whole move, that was the whole team move. And I think also something that I kind of twigs is, like, Mary Earps didn't make a save today. Like, we scored four goals from four crazy shots, basically. <laughs> All four of them were, like, pretty pretty mad. Um, but again, it's just, like, the quality of our attackers. But sorry about going back to G. Yeah, I just... I just think this game really suited the way she played because it just, it to she was able to totally open up with her range of passing, with her ability on the ball in a way that obviously I think kind of understandably Sophie Ingle wasn't able to. And again, you know we've talked about it all season. Sometimes we hate Emma Hayes's halftime subs. Sometimes we love them. But today was a love them day, and by God, I'm glad today was a love them day.
4: I don't have a lot to add on G, but she's my favorite. I think I also <laughs> will just say. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think that's just a good point, though. Like She's a fan favorite. She's one of the sweetest people on the team. She puts a lot of effort into appealing to the fans, whether she's doing it on purpose or not. Um, there's a lot of work to be said for that. Not a lot of players have that ability, even if they try. Sometimes it doesn't work. Um, but she does an incredible job. I think it shows in how she feels today. I think the most powerful thing was her saying, once a blue, always a blue, and screaming it at the top of her lungs into the microphone. Beautiful moment. Um, she really loves this club and we really love her. And it'll it'll be sad to not see her on the field for sure.
1: Yeah, I, w- I would I would want to close this this live production of the London is Blue podcast out by talking about Emma Hayes, because I think that's the the correct thing to do. Um, look, I, I I don't think enough can be said about the leadership that it takes to guide this team, this club through easily one of the most difficult periods in its history, especially the last couple of months. And Chelsea have looked for a new owner. And, uh, you know, the team has had injury problems. The team has, you know, seen players come and go and and have contracts announced and not announced and all this other stuff. And, you know, I think the mentality that it takes to bring this group along to then make the right choices, too, at, at halftime of many, many games, to bring in the right players... To figure it out i mean dan and i were talking about this at halftime we're like she's gonna make a change it's gonna be interesting what it is because there's no way she's happy with this like it was it was a really poor performance by our standards up to that point and she brings on beth england she brings on g and the whole game changes immediately i mean within a minute and you know i think when she emotionally um said fuck a handful of times in front of the fans (laughs) Uh, yeah, she says what she wants. Emma, Hayes. she says what she wants. And, uh, you know, it it's no mystery, Dan, to me to see that at Chelsea Football Club, she is part of an elite trio that just are the best of what they do in their respective fields. And it's the, the endearment that she has with this group of supporters is absolutely just fantastic.
0: We've said before that you're missing out if you don't watch the Chelsea women's team. You're missing out on one of the best managers in football, not just women's yeah. football, but in football, and then Emma Hayes, who's constructed a side over multiple years that is a perennial winner, competes for every title, for every trophy, does not take any game easy, does not take any game off that wants to win and be very competitive. To me, it reminds me very much of you know, some of the the, the Bulls teams under, with Jordan in certain eras where did, they just wanted to win everything. They wanted to dominate every single time they went onto the floor. And it's this thing that's true with this team. Every time they go on the pitch, they want to go win. They don't want to go for a draw. They don't want to potentially take a day off. And that comes from Emma. It comes from the top of the way that she's built this team, the way she's brought in players, the way she's let players go who don't meet her standard. And she is ruthless. (laughs) But behind the uh, the wonderful energy and excitement that she shared today, there is a ruthless individual there as well when she needs to be. And we are so fortunate. And, you know, this is maybe your first time listening to an episode of us talking about the women's team. Hopefully it isn't. But uh, the best time to start was yesterday. Uh, But today is now the second best time to start watching the women's team and get the benefit of watching Emma Hayes and everything she does.
2: For me, I think there are two things that really struck me about Emma today, which have struck me before, but they're worth reiterating. But I think firstly is that Emma's talked all season about how she wants this team to be tactically flexible, to be able to move between different formations kind of seamlessly. And this was her crowning achievement ultimately in doing that because her changes at halftime allowed us to switch that back three. It immediately clicked. There was no kind of, Worry from those players everyone knew exactly what they were doing and it worked. And, and we were go time you know and it can be hard right to know how a team's going to set up I was surprised United were playing Martha Thomas on the right that's not what I expected she's like normally a centre forward so you aren't always going to be able to predict what a team's going to do you aren't always going to be able to game plan it but for Emma Hayes to have moulded this Chelsea team to be so flexible that they can move and then change a game it's something that we've kind of seen countless times this season and the second thing is, is, you know, Emma talked a lot after the game about how much the whole squad had done. And I think that's actually the greatest testament to her. Loads of people always chat about how big Chelsea squad is how can players like Beth England be happy to have less game time when they can walk into any other WSL team and and start every week and the answer is Emma Hayes because she motivates those players and she makes those players feel like they are always part of a squad and you know you're not going to keep everyone happy forever It's not that sometimes players aren't going to be ready to move on. I think you can see that with the three players who are out of contract at the end of the season and are moving on. They've kind of made that decision and that's been with the club because that's been the nature of, you know, how they've grown with Chelsea, to be honest. But also all three of those players have made ridiculous contributions to our run to win the title this season. And that's because also, even though they're leaving, they are still so motivated to play for this team because... That's what playing under Emma Hayes is like.
4: Yeah, I think it's pretty simple to say that she's one of the top managers in the world. Full pause, nothing more to say. Um, It's incredible. Uh, You can really see it just in the way that the players respond to her. I mean, we talked about the interaction between her and Aaron, but it wasn't just that. I mean, it was interaction between her and every player following that. Uh, She may have been the first, but she was definitely not at all the last. I think literally everyone had a moment with Emma after the match, so... It says a lot. I think it's really incredible how much the depth is enjoyable at this squad. I mean, it's like Jesse just said. It seems like literally every player enjoys playing in this team, um, which I guess is pretty easy if you're winning a lot. But um, I know that I have seen a lot of players go diva mode in every facet of football. So to see her keep such a good squad and such a squad that's lovable for everybody involved is is beautiful for sure.
3: It's uh. It's you just knew at halftime we hadn't we were second best at halftime and but there there was no panic I I certainly didn't panic because I knew she was in charge and she's a winner and she's basically bred this winning mentality into the team and you just knew she was going to do something at halftime. You know, managers make changes and sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. The, the changes she made at half-time, within 10 minutes, we were leading and they'd worked and they were they were really good and Manchester United didn't react and that's basically the difference between two managers. One that, you know, that knows how to win and one that's slow to react to, to, to what was happening on the pitch. She's an absolute treasure. I mean, in, in, the, in the same way that we sort of hope that Tommy T stays and you know is be allowed to do what emma's done you know she's been given the run of that team she's been able to sign who she wants to sign and she runs it you know on her own well not on her own she's got a huge backroom staff but she knows what she wants and what she's done is she's she's bred a team of winners which is why today you're always confident lying that we were going to do it, you know. It, 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 it's it's you know. Yesterday was the epitome of it's a Chelsea thing, conceding an equalizer in the seventh minute of injury time. You know that's what we do. But but she's different in the same way that when Jose first came, when we started, when 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 we were winning, that was it. We were going to win. And and with Emma, she's there's no higher accolade. She's she's one of the best managers this club's ever had.
1: So I, I think we'll move to close um, with just kind of a final thought from everyone, because, you know, it was fucking fantastic to be out today. It's to, to That's right. <laughs> I wish um, to, to get to meet uh, Clayton for a little bit of brunch beforehand, to, to be able to go and do the walk up to the stadium, to be in a huge queue, uh, you know, I think shows the growth of the women's game just in a season, but I mean, if you look at the last five, the trajectory of the WSL is is heading up there. Uh, it's the best league in the world, and uh, and Chelsea have won the best league in the world three times now and uh, in a row, just for fun. And I think that's just fantastic. You know, Jesse, obviously getting to meet you in person here, and have a we're we're gonna have more than just the one beer that we've had here so far. But I uh, just want to get your final thoughts, and then let's let's pass it around.
2: Yeah, I feel like the listeners need to know that uh, Nick and I meeting just involved me jumping into his arms. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, what a day. It's kind of ridiculous because the first half was stressful. But to come from behind to win today was an amazing feeling. (laughs) To see the goals uh, scored, especially by Sam, but by everyone, to be honest. And, you know, three in a row, it's never been done before. It's never been done, but we did it, we did it. <laughs> because we're fucking Chelsea.
0: Uh, I I can confirm the jump did happen. The jump into arms did in fact happen, and and really the reason why Nick has moved to a close is because all the pint glasses are empty. Every single pint glass on the table is empty, and uh, that's what we want to do next. And so, yeah, should should we wrap it, Nick? Let's wrap it. Okay. Uh, well, hey, you know what? Until
4: next time, Chelsea fans. You know what to do London's london is blue keep the blue flag flying high uh surprise i'm back again to introduce abdullah Abdullah's with us just not physically but still with us to share some of his thoughts on the match as well so stick around
6: so a day after reflecting on what was a third straight title victory in in as many seasons Um, the feeling's still the same I mean absolutely fantastic what an incredible game um, to kind of win the title from I mean if you were I mean if you were writing a script you'd want a a nice and easy 5-0 straight victory right but um, you know what who doesn't like drama who doesn't like tension Um, Chelsea fans certainly do it's been a drama filled season to say the least But you know, what a performance, especially in that second half. I think, um, you know, I I think addressing kind of the title and the overall, um, and the overall feeling across the, uh, you know, across the, you know, across the season and for the team. I think the title means a lot. You know, I think, I think not just to mention that it's a third straight title in a row. I think it's it's the first one that they've been able to celebrate in front of the fans and. And, and everybody there obviously obviously you guys were were in attendance and and you could attest to the 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 atmosphere and the feeling of of, of the the crowd but you know um just being able to you know celebrate in front of the fans and you know savor you know a, a title win that i think after the early champions league exit you know the conti cup going to manchester city you know you you, you and then the, you know turns and, and twists in, in the title race where you were like, you know, is Chelsea's been a very, very, you know, inconsistent team at times this season. You know, it's been a, a roller coaster ride and you you know, you think about it, you're like, you know, can they win the title? Are they gonna be as consistent? And you know, they proved over the course of a season that they were able to navigate a league where in reality Arsenal pushed them hard and they've taken it down to the final day. And also, and I think in my opinion, a league season that's probably been the most competitive across the board in, in, in recent years. So I think it just, that whole thing makes the whole achievement a lot bigger. Um, and quickly on a couple of players, I think for me personally, uh, Aaron Cuthbert's got to be player of the season. And I know there's, there's, I put a tweet out yesterday and I got a couple of different answers. You know, Jess Carter was put in there and to, to name a few. And Millie Bright obviously is a huge shot. But I think for me, the... The way Erin Casper has just transformed the way the team played, and, and the effect that she had on all the positions that she played in, I think she started off the season at right wing back, and a lot of people were questioning the decision, going, you know, is that is she really going to be playing well at right wing back? Does she have the discipline? Does she have the, the t- you know the you know the nous to play there? And she proved everybody wrong. I think the, the goal against Juventus and in the, in the Champions League for me stands out as a crucial moment uh, over there. And then you know she she moves into a central midfield position. And I think just that six month effect from a central midfield position alone for me warrants that that that, that player of the season title because you know um, coming in and kind of almost saying right you you I, I've, she's got this ability to to take players on, tackle them, destroy, protect, and create going forward. I think for me is is unreal. So I think that for me is. Uh, one of these, so I think Aaron Cuthbert is a player of the season, and you know something that I, I've definitely been calling for for at least the season, season, season and a half now. Um, and lastly, Sam Kerr. I mean, Sam Kerr has been fantastic. I mean, Golden Boot winner, fantastic. Did the business yesterday for Chelsea, and um, along with Pinilla Hard, who I think have really stood up in in the face of adversity uh, for Chelsea this season and, and and provided moments of brilliance and magic when required. So, yeah, I mean, uh, excited and uh, can't wait for the uh, for the final next weekend.
4: Okay, one more time, and that's it. For real this time, it is me. I'm back. That's the end of this episode. We will see you next time with some more content, exciting, live in action, in London content, the rest of this week. Stick around, and until then, keep the blue flag flying high.